What's better than an all-day breakfast? Maybe we can have a long lunch. I would love a nice long lunch. I'll take a long lunch. This is Matt and Alex's Long Lunch. Now, Matt O'Kine, so excited to be having a chat to a couple of gents who have been making us dance for years at music festivals around Australia. You might recognise them as responsible for a few of these songs. The memories of music festivals are flooding back as we chat about Dan and Todd from The Wombats, who have come together to make some new music together for us to enjoy with a new project called Sunship Balloon. They're both in Oslo, in Norway, right now at Todd's place. Dan and Todd, hello. Oh, that was a bit of a trip down memory lane. Oh, I tell you what, man, oh. just giving me those feels. I remember being, well, I think, two different splendors Matt and I have attended together uh, where you've been there. And we've had one of, it was definitely one of our highlights. One of them, in fact, oh. I got to jump up and, on stage and dance with you at one point. That was very kind of you to invite Harley me. Quinn, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. As right as Harley Quinn from Suicide Squad. Um, and seeing you guys do your thing from up close is quite incredible. Uh, Todd, what are your memories of uh, playing live to huge amphitheatres? Uh, to be honest, it feels like it, it didn't really happen, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right now, it feels like a dream. <laughs> It does have a dreamlike <laughs> Because you've just launched a, a bra- well, not just last year, you launched a, a new act. Um, just you two, it's called Sunship Balloon, incredible stuff. And you, but you, you haven't actually done a gig yet. No, we had it all <laughs> ready to go. We'd like rehearsed everything, got together with a couple of friends, who are, like musician friends and, yeah, and we were about to go on tour at the end of March and then, thank you, Corona. <laughs> Scrota said, I'll take it from here, which is a bit of a shame. Um, but you're, good me. Well, I guess because, Dan, you're living most of your, your life in London. Toward you're in Norway. How was is, how is that with this new project with, with yourself separated, then borders suddenly shutting? Yeah. That's obviously like, it makes it sort of more difficult to finalise things, but the creative process anyway is kind of like, you know, we kind of like do things separately and send things over and, you know, like even like the, um, the album that just came out, um, we had to do loads of it separately anyway. So, you know, we start on things either in London or Oslo, send it over and send it back. And then eventually it's a finalizing process. That's the difficult part, I suppose, yeah. like actually, you know, getting to record a final, final thing. Just since like lockdown started, we were like, well, we can't do any gigs, so we might as well just crack on and make some more music. <laughs> so we kind of, that was our way to sort of, you know, fill up this sort of void of, t- we didn't know when obviously live gigs, because at first they were like, yeah, we'll put it back to maybe May. And oh no, that's not looking good. Okay, <laughs> September. Oh, right. Actually, no, next May. Uh, oh no, maybe <laughs> that won't even happen. So we were just like, right, there's, there's, no, there's no point waiting around, obviously, for anything, because we just don't know what the governments are going to decide and what people are going to feel comfortable with. So all we can do is just make music and like any, you know, music always reflects the time. So you know, we're gonna, we are actually gonna do the next Wombats album um, next month remotely. Yeah. Whoa. So it's- wow. Well, I read that you guys sort of wrote and finished this record in about four months, which is in like incredible pace. And to be doing it isolated, doing a lot of writing over Zoom. Who has the best Zoom background? 
<laughs> we have none of us have actually like changed our um our backgrounds to be honest because we heard some horror stories in the early days. No, but I mean I like who's who's has the best outlook, you know? Like who who has the most impressive Zoom room? <laughs> I think these guitars behind are probably for the music geek out there are pretty good. Right. So this is They're interesting. We're getting a about- tour of Tord's place yeah. in Oslo at the moment. Plenty of uh yeah. got a few guitars and basses by the looks of things there, Tord. What what would uh guitar freaks be particularly interested in in Tord from the Wombat Studio? Maybe this um I suppose this guy is from seventy eight. Nineteen seventy eight. Yeah. Ooh, wee. Was it previously owned by anyone that hasn't, you know, had the 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 tongue lick of Jimi <laughs> Hendrix or anything like that? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I think Jimi Hendrix farted on it once. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, um, guitar got us a uh, story. Oh, really? Just, okay. Uh, Todd's brought in a black looking. What kind of guitar is that, Todd? Uh, it's a Gibson Les Paul, and it's from 1956. Ooh. Um. That's, really super old. Wow. Was, that, was that the original one played on Rock Around the Clock, or which one are we? <laughs> what have we got here? <laughs> it was. Uh, it was uh, before Kiss. There was a band called Good Rats, and I think it was Ace Freely, or I can't remember. One of the members of Kiss was in this band before Kiss. Wow, now and that this, sounds like a like, super uh, specific music fact. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and basically this guitar was uh, Ace, uh, not Ace Freely. It was Eddie Jelly, the guitar player in Good Rats played this guitar oh and he died from God. A, uh, like many many moons ago but uh, anyway this is his guitar wow and, and how did you get it did you just buy it online or was it in a market or you know ransack a uh, house or? It, was, it was this norwegian guy who managed to like get hold of it from from america like back in the 90s and he sold it to me when he was broke, basically. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I went into involuntary administration uh, there and Todd was the beneficiary. Well, a few of them, would have, I assume, would have been used on this new album that you've come together. Um, Todd and Dan creating Sunship Balloon, 14 tracks on this debut album, Everywhen, which sounds incredible, guys, because not only is there guitars in there at moments, there's there's some broad synths. You've found some incredible sounds. Can you tell us, I guess, I guess why you decided to... Oh, there's the synths in the room. Oh, that I looks knew like a nice vintage piece of analog right there. <laughs> Love it. Can you tell us about when you decided to uh, to come together as as a duo and uh, yeah, how how every everyone came into existence? Yeah. Um, so obviously, like we've made music together for ages, and like um, like even with the Wombats, we always try and explore different sort of genres within what we do. Um, and then, as you know, every album that we've done, there's always tracks or ideas that never quite get, um, you know, and they never make it through the sort of gate and get to like be on the album or mm. get finished. Um, so it started initially just we had a bunch of these ideas lying around, and we were like, oh, it's such a shame that our hard drives are just getting clogged up with all this stuff. <laughs> um, let's let's try and finish some of them. So we finished them off, um, and then it was like, oh, this is like this, this is fun and. Uh, yeah, we really liked like the sound and it felt like all of a sudden we had this like direction that was quite clear to both of us almost. And then that's I think that's why the album came together so quickly because we didn't actually have any material for the album. It was kind of just like, well, let's make uh, let's make some songs and then it just all f- flooded out and yeah. Well, it's, it sounds incredible. Let's have a little taste of what Sunship Balloon's debut album Everywhen sounds like. <laughs> Thank you. 
amazing stuff. Some definitely more synthetic sounds in there as well as, uh, you know, a bit of the uh, the classic kind of beats that you've got from uh, from other previous acts such as the wombats um but I'm, you know let's forget let's forget about your fancy you know analog vintage synths your your your, your vintage guitars let's talk about a track called a thousand conversations because i heard that you've uh you've got some interesting percussion in that one yeah um that was actually recorded in that room over there um i had some keys in my pocket and Basically, I think I was about to sing and started like doing, like basically playing the drums on myself, like with my pocket, just as I think getting sidetracked as usual. Yeah, basically, any, any, <laughs> drummer, any, any drummer out there will know, or anyone who's going out with a drummer will know that body parts are a great place to like practice on and whatever. <laughs> and like desks in school, they were a classic. Always used to get in trouble for playing on the desk. That sounds like yeah, the kid who turned up without his drumsticks and like, <laughs> no, I've got, I've got them here. I brought my, I brought my drumsticks <laughs> here. Oh, my chest. Yeah. <laughs> and then Todd was like, oh, hang on, keep doing that, and like cranked up the compression loads, and you know it distorted a bit, and it was like, oh, this sounds really cool. Hang on, just, just press play and like let's see what happens. So I just like started jamming over it basically, and then it just created this like weird feel, um, and then we just chopped it, and like that whole song's just kind of like looped basically um, yeah That's incredible because it's one of my favourites on the album as well. And now, now I'm going to have to remember that I've got my keys. Just tap for my keys whenever I think I'm listening to. I just make sure that I've got them and I haven't locked myself out of the house, which will be good. But you mentioned you, you know, being the drummer of of, of the Wombats. There, uh, you've had to come up and sing at the front uh, for Sunship Balloon, uh, Dan. How has that process been? Did Murph give you any tips as to uh, what the best way to be the the front man is? Um, it's obviously the the hairdo. Yeah, the hair had to go long. Do <laughs> have the shoulder length locks at the moment? Absolutely. The ISO is that haircut. a COVID? Is that a COVID cut? Because I only just got mine cut recently, first time in six yeah, months. Pretty much. Yeah, my fiance cut my hair for me like a couple of weeks ago. She was like, "Come on, this is getting too bad." So. Um, <laughs> She did a yeah. great job. Yeah, great job. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Was, yeah, was, absolutely. Mod- modeling myself on it. I saw a horse in a magazine and I was like, yeah, I want to look like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like African hounds. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what the Afghan like hound that. cut. I like that. I have. I do like seeing them in the uh, magazines when you go to the hairdresser, which is good. Like when, when the hair moves like that, you can do slow-mo on your phone and honestly, it looks so funny. I'll send you one, Alex. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, look forward to receiving that one. <laughs> with the um yeah no the singing it was um i mean i've always like from before the wombats started actually before the drums started playing like guitar and stuff and you know learning to play beatles songs and like growing up in liverpool it was kind of you just yeah learned to play whatever was around so i never really thought like oh yeah i'm definitely going to be a drummer until you know end up everyone always needs a drummer and i love playing the drums so it was kind of like from an early age i just had a drum kit and used to just play in bands and then it was like all right cool so i sort of fell into that way more um and obviously with the wombats like still always did um backing vocals and um so it wasn't like i never sang but then to be at the front yeah it is like not that we've done gigs yet but the metaphorical front of a piece of music (laughs) um you know that's like of course it's um and lyrically like writing most of the lyrics and stuff it's kind of it's a different role within the band which is i think like for both of us has been really fun to explore slightly different roles because obviously with the wombats murph kind of um takes care of 99 percent of the lyrics um so 
it does feel different, obviously, like singing a song that means like way more to you, obviously, because, well, not that Wombat songs don't mean as much to me, but you know what I mean? It's like, mm. it comes from a different part of the brain in a way. A bit more yeah. vulnerability on the music because there's uh, there's vested interest that could be hearing your your words, Dad. <laughs> yeah, but like, and also it's like, uh, yeah, but it's, it's kind of like, it's therapy for everyone who writes songs and stuff. And there's definitely, uh, it's a place to explore like what your subconscious is actually going through. And often you don't even realize what you're thinking. And guys, especially, we're not the best at talking and being open about our feelings, are we sometimes? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so songs for me is a way to like actually explore some of that and um, maybe deal with some of the Get it out. shit that's going on in this. <laughs> so then, so then, Dan, if you've had the, the opportunity to, to do that, um, you know, lyrically, Todd, is there a way that you have been able to, I mean, not... Get well, it out. Not necessarily, yeah, not show... <laughs> well, maybe show vulnerability, you know, or explore vulnerability, or whether it is in the style of music or the process. How, do, how Has there been anything like that that's sort of awakened in you in this in this whole process? Yeah, I mean, I've always like, been super interested in, you know, the productional aspects of, of music and exploring kind of like new ways of making sounds or whatever. So it's not, for me, it's been more about like, you know, trying new things, uh, whether it's a technique or whether it's a sound or an instrument or how to process that instrument or whatever and kind of like go to town on that, uh, whether it's like a synth or a guitar or a sample or even like one of the songs on the album Beach in the Middle of Space. It was, um, we were on tour with the Wombats and we went in to a radio station in Vienna and the Vienna orchestra was tuning up. And they, they let us like hear, hear them like playing or whatever. So they were tuning up and I just recorded that on my phone made a sample from it and started making a new keyboard sound out of that. And that, that's the, the main sound of that song. So it's like, you know, finding ways of like being creative that we haven't done before, you know, and also like structures and having instrumental tracks, you know, as well. Not like uh, having it being all about like uh, a lyric or like uh, a story or whatever. Yeah, you know, it, The story can be like, you know, so much more than just a lyric as well. Yeah, almost like a film soundtrack. You know, sometimes a, a, like um, film music, you're watching something and it and it just, it's so emotional, isn't it? It does bring out like, a, you have a motive response in the same way that you would if you hear a line that you relate to. And I guess it, like that was when um, I can attest to the fact that like when we were on tour with the Wombats, Todd literally would walk around, we'd be like crossing a road in America and all of a sudden like the, you know, the, the Pelican Crossing makes an unusual noise. His phone's out. <laughs> Coordinate. <laughs> <laughs> all right, he's, he's making another sample of the air, the air conditioning unit in our rooms, like a really noisy one. And he's I walk in, and he's there, just like. <laughs> <laughs> and like, but then what's really cool is like, or I, I find that aspect of like music being kind of you know, it's photographs of of, of periods of time, and um, you, you manage to capture it towards doing that with sounds all the time. So like now, when we listen to. I think it is the song every when, um, yeah. and it starts. It's like that. <laughs> and I was always like, I was like, what is that sound? It's so cool. Like we've got to have this on there. We don't need any lyrics or anything because it's like, is it a person speaking? Is it a machine? You know, there's like this, and the whole album talks about. You know, it's kind of mm. like technologies in there in like our relationship with technology so it was just like yeah this is perfect and they're scattered all across the album so 
And so, Todd, are you going to be playing the air conditioner live when gigs do return for <laughs> Sunship Balloon? You bring that out on stage? Yeah, that would be like an expensive tour if I have to bring that and the Vienna Orchestra yeah. tuning up. Do you know what? <laughs> now, in, in, in about 20 years' time, another radio host will ask, so what's in the background of your Zoom? And you'll be like, I got this air conditioner from uh, 1923. <laughs> that is it. Well, if you do like the Wobbats, if you do like the Beatles, if you do like the Vienna Orchestra or if you do like traffic light sounds, you will love uh, everywhere in the new album from Sunship Balloon. Dan and Todd, it's been a pleasure talking to you here on All Day Breakfast with Matt and Alex. Thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, we'll, I guess we'll catch you next time. But I better get ask you because I've got the Beatles on my mind now. You guys interviewed Paul McCartney, didn't you, one time? We did. Can you please tell us that? Because I reckon Dan and Todd should start their own podcast and interview some of the biggest musicians in the world. I mean, I don't know how you guys do it. You're obviously pros. Like, we were just so nervous beforehand. Um, Todd actually did not say one word in the whole interview. I completely froze up. <laughs> I was just sat there like sipping a glass of wine and kind of like, yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd like, you know, I'd researched the guy's career, like Paul McCartney's career. Obviously, I was just like, this is just so vast. And we had a, we had a, like, there was a sort of caveat that we couldn't um, mention, you know, couldn't ask him anything about the Beatles. So we're like, right, okay. Well, he's done loads of other amazing stuff, so fortunately this is going to be fine. But then the last question, we were like, so, Paul, just to finish, have you got any, like, you know, favourite memories from your long and illustrious career? And he was like, well, actually, uh, yeah, this one time uh, we were playing a gig in, like, this little conservative club in Liverpool, uh, me, George and John, and we were, like, 16, uh, 17 or something. And uh, we only we only went to Beatles back then. And uh, this lady really didn't like what we were playing, and she kept heckling us. And after a while, George got to the point when he was like, I've had enough of this. So he grabbed, he grabbed his pints and tipped it over her head. <laughs> Silence. And then, and, then, and then we were like, and then what happened? And he was like, oh, well, we had to leg it because she had three really big brothers. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I love, that's a technique that you would use as well. Don't actually say the word the Beatles, but you leave it broad enough that if they want to, they can pick it up and run yeah. with it. And it sounds like Mr. Yeah. Paul McCartney did. Sorry. Sir Paul McCartney did. Um, so you could be starting your own podcast in lockdown as well, Dan and Todd. I'm sure you could do that. Um, although, yeah. Todd, Todd, you have to do a bit more than just red wine sipping if you're uh, going to be... <laughs> yeah, you to do the full podcast thing. How pathetic was that? No, 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 if, we did a, if we did a podcast, though, we could we could do it like on natural wines and music and stuff, and then Todd could actually just be sat there with the weekly kind of like natural I'll wine. Have, like the and natural he just has wine to... section of the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are, you, are you all about the new skin contacts? Uh, you know, maybe a bit of skin contact, Vermentino. You make some amazing wines. Oh, I know. And I'm all about that cloudy orange, some some nice amber wines. I'm all about it, my (laughs) man. Seriously. You know, there's a natural wine from Australia called Haggis. Your last name? (laughs) My surname. Which is a strange surname anyway, but there's a wine called Haggis. Patrick Sullivan, yeah. It's a a delicious Scottish meal named after as well. I think they pair beautifully (laughs) uh, Haggis wine with a little bit of Haggis. Oh, mate, Uh, I've got to tell tell you what, Todd, if you come to Australia, next time you're here, I'll I'll show you some of my favourites. I'm all about those natchies, mate, all about (laughs) the natchies. I'm excited already. I'll I'll bring the microphones. It's the podcast, the Natural Wine Podcast. Thank you so much, Dan and Todd. It's always great to catch up with you and we'll catch you Hopefully back in Australia soon. Fingers crossed. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au.